Welcome to Strength in the Numbers. My name is Andrew Codd, accountant, author, and commercial finance entrepreneur. And it's my job each week to bring you leaders in finance and business and deconstruct with them their real stories, insights, and hard-won lessons into practical advice on the key strengths and qualities you need to remain relevant in accounting and finance today, as well as the steps you can begin to take to elevate the impact you make to have a fun, successful, and rewarding career in accounting and finance. Now let's go over to the show. Well, I think some of the biggest things I had to do, Andrew, were actually to let go of what I thought I should be and embrace who I was. I needed to be authentic. I needed to let this inner self in me let loose. Um, I said earlier, the more I could do, the more people let me do. You've just heard a key thought from today's guest mentor, Kate Grangard, Chief Financial and Operating Officer at Gearing Group. And on today's episode, we go on to deconstruct challenges and opportunities for the finance professional who's becoming a COO, how becoming a COO can be a natural progression for finance professionals, some recommended tools that'll help you successfully position yourself and your team within the company, and three areas that you can focus on to improve the impact and success of organizational investments. Now, this is the first part of a two-part conversation I had with Kate. In next week's episode, we go on to talk more about the values side of the equation when it comes to finance and operations. But for now, really hope you enjoy our conversation. There's loads of great quotes in there and really massive amounts of great advice from Kate. And before I let you go, remember, if you do enjoy the episode, please remember to comment on the post, subscribe or let your friends and colleagues know about it. We're on all the major platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and YouTube. And as always, really appreciate you investing your time with us today. So without further ado, over to Kate and the show. Okay, welcome to the show. Thank you. Good morning, Andrew. Thanks for having me. And it's it's great you're here, Kate. We've spoken previously, and I, I think it could just be the Irish blood. We've just been talking an awful lot. But some of our audience probably aren't as familiar with your journey in accounting and finance. So would you mind maybe just quickly walking us through that journey for audience? Oh, absolutely. Sure. Well, I started my career um, after graduating um, in New York City. I started right there with Pricewaterhouse and what they called then the Metropolitan Services Group. Great. It was emerging groups, um, up to 500 million in revenue. I started in the audit practice, stayed with them into the tax practice before realizing that long-term career in public accounting probably wasn't going to be the best direction for me. I did work in some local firm. I I think I had a hard time giving up the idea of being a partner someday. I had in my mind that, you know, this was my life's goal to be a partner in a public accounting firm, even though I realized after having my son that the the big four firms weren't going to be my long-term aspiration. I kept trying to do it, did some consulting work, found I love the consulting work putting together deals. And then I went, um, started working with a organization that was a restaurant group. My family had always, you know, I'd spent like everyone else, I was a waitress and I knew everything. Right. So I started in the restaurant industry. I started with a group that had six restaurants and stayed with them until we grew to 37 restaurants and sold out private equity, um, became a national company. And that was a lot of fun. And I was first taste of learning. The more you can do more people let you do. And then I joined an organization, um, another entrepreneurial organization. I've started to figure out that I love the industry 
And I joined an entrepreneurial organization that, where the founder had invested in technology about 15 years ago. And that technology would have solved my problems at the restaurant. I said, oh my gosh, he's onto something. I loved that he was forward thinking and had vision. And so I joined an insurance brokerage firm and a technology company. We spun off our, this technology and created a technology company. So I've been in my position. I started as the CFO, um, as an accountant, I would start as that CFO role. But over the years, I've evolved and taken on the role of COO. And uh, that's what I really found has been my calling. If you want to say um, that CFO, CPA, CGMA has been an extraordinary platform to be able to move into operations. Well, like, look, um, I, I know a lot of our audience have uh, pondered what does it mean to move um, into that COO suite. And I think even putting that to one side seems to be a, a big conversation happening at the moment is, is that the natural progression for the, the CFO to take on those responsibilities? I mean, in terms of your experiences, Kate, uh, I mean, what were the main sort of challenges or, or opportunities from becoming a COO as well? Well, I think some of the biggest things I had to do, Andrew, were actually to let go of what I thought I should be and embrace who I was. I needed to be authentic. I needed to let this inner self in me let loose. Um, I said earlier, the more I could do, the more people let me do, right? So when I was at Ale House, right, and we all know this, we're accountants, we do this every day. And, and right, people put more and more stuff on your desk because you can do more and you do it. And that's what I found. Like I started doing financial statements and then, and of course the banking and the investor relations. And then I was doing real estate and I was working, doing all the contracts, right? So I started melding in illegal, very common in accountants. Then I was running the IT department. I was doing 60 tax returns, right? So the more I could do, the more I, and then I started getting in operations and I wasn't the operations person at the restaurants. But I was, it was my first time being introduced to this idea of having a team leadership concept. And it really was very successful. And it, it was the start of my personal growth and development in having people who I had in a trusted circle, who we were empowering each other, trusting each other. It was the first time I sort of broke out of that mold of being an accountant. Now, Unfortunately, in that role, I still felt like I had to protect the company because I didn't have a strong team behind me. So I was on the finance side. So I was always that bad guy, which I think happens sometimes in accounting, right? And I wanted to, what, what I found is I needed to transition into the COO role. And, and actually, funny enough, it was my CEO here who said to me, you know, hey, you really are the COO because you just run everything. And he goes, you probably should be the CEO, but you're definitely the COO. Um, and what I had to do, Andrew, was I had to embrace those qualities in me. I had to let go of who I thought I should be. And I had to accept the things I wasn't great at. I had to surround myself with people who were really strong at what I wasn't and be somewhat humble with them. And making sure they knew that they were helping me to be successful and I wanted to help them to be successful. And then I really immersed myself in being 
successful with what I was good at. And I found that by positioning myself better in the organization, I was better able to position the people who work with me. And I was better able to position the company towards future success. Okay, you mentioned some really important terms that that I think uh, we're talking a lot more about in finance. But the but one you just said there recently a few times was positioning um, of yourself, team, company. Do, do you mind maybe sort of elaborating a bit more on how we can do that as well, Kate, uh, successfully? Sure. So I can tell you some of the things I did. Ironically, it was at a local CPA chapter that I went to and, and I took this course called True Colors. True Colors is a self-identification course. You know, so many of these things you do are, you know, whether you're doing a DISC exam or they're basically telling you who you are, but in true colors, you actually do, you're actually deciding yourself what colors you are. And the aha moment was in this process and you do it in a group, you break into different tables and you start talking about what it is that frustrates you, what it is that brings you joy, um, how you best like to be described, how, what attributes you bring to success on a team. And what I learned through that process, Andrew, was that it was, an, it was an important tool for team dynamics and communication because everybody brings some things to the plate to be successful. And I needed to figure out because as CPAs, we don't always have, because we, we do so much rote work and we spend so much time from the computer we don't always work on our interpersonal skills or our EQ. And what it allowed me to do was a know that there's other people like me that hate mornings. And, you know, usually you go to a room with a bunch of CPAs or in at 7am. Well, you know, I hate mornings. I'm going to come in at 10. And, and it made me realize there are other people like me. And that was a bomb. And it also made me go, Oh my gosh, half my team is probably that gold color, and I need to approach them differently. And oh my gosh, I've got a bunch of beliefs I need to approach. So, so tools really helped me. Another tool was a KAI score. It was another tool I took through Leadership Florida type of class. And it's a, a KAI. What that allows you to do is understand whether you're more of an innovator or an adapter. And it also helps you to understand that everybody, again, has an Important role on the spectrum, but you're gonna the higher an innovator you are or adapter you are, the more it is, harder it is for you to solve problems together. So you need to change your approach. So I think self-identification became a really big trend with me to understand better who I am and how I may be different than other people. And uh, different isn't bad; it just means I need to communicate differently in order to encourage them, give them solace, you know, help them to grow uh, and problem solve. So those kind of tools from an interpersonal side were very important to me to grow myself and to grow other people. Again, some of our audience may not have um, heard of those specific tools. I, I know a variance of them. So I'll put those into the show notes as well. So people can, yeah. can follow up and learn more specifically about those tools. Yeah, I think people think about the PI more. And the, and the common ones that we have, but those are more around team building. Um, KAI is especially great with your leadership team. 
and uh, true colors organizational wide. I mean, I think big companies like Disney use it. It's just a great tool. As a matter of fact, in my office, if you walk around, everybody's got a dot on their desk and it says words that best describe me. And when working with me, it's important to mine says, give me bullets, right? I'm high, big picture and, and why you want me on your team. What am I going to bring? Vision, creativity, and things like that. So it, it helps us when we approach each other. That's amazing. And is that just the, derived off the color or are there actually um, words that go with that as well in terms of at their desk? You know, True Colors is, is an international organization. It's got a bunch of tools that go with it and they've got some facilitators. Again, it was one of the tools. There's many tools out there. I've done the disc as well. <laughs> and they're all great tools for different purposes. These were two tools that really helped us in our organization as well as help me personally on my journey in order to be able to maybe not worry about being who I thought I needed to be, to embrace my authentic self, uh, to bring out my skill set better, and to help me bridge communication, communication gaps. Because I was actually, my first two colors are the low, you know, the lowest in the amount of the population is my lowest color, my top two colors. So I might have a harder time communicating with other people. Mm-hmm. And and so I needed to know that. So when you find out things like that, I mean, there's obviously one camp thinking we should play to our strengths. And, and look in finance, we, we, we have loads, you know, we've, oh, we've accessed the decision makers, access the data, really great qualification, ability to see broad picture and also delve into the details. That's probably why we keep ourselves so busy. You know, Mm -hmm. but then when it maybe comes to communicating with others, perhaps because of just the nature of our work or just traditionally how we sort of come into the profession may not be as good as bridging that gap. So I suppose how, how, how did you then go about bridging that gap? Did you just play to your strengths or did you actually try and solve and, and try and bridge that gap from a communication perspective? Well, I definitely tried to, to, <laughs> to bridge that gap. Every time I read a book, every time I go to an exercise or I go to a class, I really try to work that into my life, I try to work it into my workplace, and I try to get better from it. Even things that I may not agree with 100%, there's always something to get in there. There was, you know, there's an LPI with a 360. I, I can't even tell you what that did for me, taking a 360 from my team and having them give me feedback. It's, it's very humbling, very humbling. But all these resources I bring in, I don't bring them in just for me. I bring them in for my other leadership team members. I bring them in for my other team members to help them to grow because it's not just a, a me or them. With regard to, Andrew, I'm sorry, could you rephrase your question with regard to the numbers and the skill set? I, I just think that nowadays, more and more of what we do in accounting is starting to be automated. I was just at a CFO conference for our industry and everybody was talking about using talent offshore for lower costs. And they were talking about the automation that is available and becoming available. I know I walked back and I was looking at putting in an AP um, position and I decided I was probably just going to automate it because in my organization, I was trying to look for tools to be able to make our organization more efficient, but more importantly, I want to position our organization and our people to be able to grow into the into the technologies that are coming, meet the needs of the clients, and to not have to do mundane work, because that's sort of going and become passe, right, Andrew? And I'm just worried about that. So I'm, I'm always trying to bring in tools. Uh, the last few years, I haven't grown by people on purpose, 
as I'm just trying to make sure that we bring in great tools and allow our people to become higher performing. Because the, the, I've got a bunch of young people out there. They're just so great at technology. And, you know, they're great at problem resolution and they've got great critical thinking skills. And I want to make sure that I'm growing them with some of the other skill set that maybe they missed out on being from a different generation. I, I suppose, look, uh, every, everyone's uh, situation is unique, I guess. And I suppose in terms of yours then, Kate, when you've got those those multiple generations in the, in the workplace bringing on various tools, how can you, I, I mean, is, is there a few things or a few few areas we can focus on to try and help them uh, you know work with the tools better so they get the most out of them and 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 avoid the mundane well a big investment i made was um this past year was it was making sure well first of all when we roll out any technology in our organization we always put together a committee so we have uh somebody champion it as that leadership role internally And then we also put together a committee because we want to have buy-in across all different ages across and generations and across all different departments within our organization. So we're always doing that, making sure, and we're listening. We make sure we listen a lot. That doesn't mean that they don't push back sometimes, Andrew, and say, you know, we, we do get pushed back and I would be like, I'd be pretending if I said that everything is all roses over here all the time, right? We, we've got a great garden, but it, the roses aren't always blooming, right? So sometimes we have to still make that decision to go ahead, but then we make sure we address what those concerns were so that we can get buy-in. We also have invested in a data analyst uh, type of position who really uh, works with the technologies and the implementation process. And she is such a facilitator for our for those people who are the champions of these products. So we've rolled out a number of products. We're in the, a number, in the process of rolling out new agency management system. And she has been key for us. So she's helping my finance team with report, reporting through things like Power BI. She's helping agency management system. She's helping us on an operational level with new softwares that will help our industry, you know, and technology, we need RFP type software. So she's got her hands in everything and um, has become a really important part of our organization. If I collaborate on that one more thing, I would say I was recently at that CFO conference and somebody asked the question, who in the room is utilizes their IT department on a regular basis with strategy or technologies that they need. And I was surprised to find that I was one of less than five hands in the room that were raised. I think that's a, a thing that we have an opportunity with this as CFOs, as accounting people. We have an opportunity to make sure that we are building the camaraderie and the teamwork with IT, data analytics, as operations, as we go through this process, because they are our best friends. I regularly send my IT department problems and ask them how we can fix them. I make them part of, I bring them into operations. I bring them into finance. And, you know, we have this wonderful relationship where I want them to understand our business. I want them to understand finance's challenges. And they are a crucial and critical part 
of finding that solution. Yeah, but, but I, I suppose, Kate, I, I, I do agree with you. Uh, any ideas why they're o- they're overlooked? I mean, when you outline the benefits like that, that's awesome. But like, why why do you think they're being overlooked? Well, we've always tried to figure that out. I we do a lot of uh, benefits brokerage, and and sometimes I find that um, HR and benefits don't don't necessarily get along, or payroll and benefits, and it's the same thing. I think sometimes we just don't. It's it's a oh well, I have my own work, and hey, let's face it, I'm a CF. Oh, I'm an accountant. I'm already as a controller, whatever my role is an accountant. I'm going to enter somebody's going to pile stuff on my desk. I'm already getting more work than I have, right? They're already going to look to me to, to take all the new work on. And it's almost like, hey, I'm afraid to ask. I'm sort of a big believer in building a team and um, building those relationships and breaking down those barriers and making things a we versus me. And um, I think the only time that happens is, is when we let down our borders and we develop relationships, whether that's at the, the team level, doing things together as teams, um, you know, the, the IT team going out with the finance team or inviting them into our meetings and, and introducing it gradually. We sort of, uh, sometimes it's the leadership to be candid of that or of that department. I had an IT leader who did not want to play in the sandbox. He didn't want to play in the sandbox, Andrew. He wanted to run everything. And heaven forbid, I explained that some consideration he wasn't thinking about on the operations side. He, he was a fantastic professional, just not for my team. So he moved on and we got this amazing gentleman in who was humble. And, you know, I hope I'm humble. I hope, you know, the other day my, my director of talent and director of IT were standing in the door and, and we were just thanking each other to work with each other every day. It, it was probably a, an odd moment, but we were just thanking each other because, you know, we have this philosophy in our organization, don't hire brilliant jerks. And we live by it. There's a lot of people we interview that are brilliant, but they're jerks and they just won't fit here because we work best when we work together. These things all impact the entire team. IT can't go and roll things out if they're not thinking about how it's going to affect our operational departments or how it's going to impact finance. So there you have it. Hope you enjoyed today's show. If you'd like to know more about our guests today, their bio, and follow up on the resources mentioned during the show, you can find all the relevant links and more at sitnshow.com. There you'll also be able to get access to earlier shows, read the latest blogs. There's also an opportunity to subscribe to our newsletter, which will give you heads up as to when the next show is coming out, latest events, news, and anything that's going to be relevant to help you have a fun, rewarding, and successful career in finance and accounting. And just before you go, we really appreciate your feedback. If there's something we can do better on the show, something that's not working, or something you'd like to see, even a guest you'd like for us to invite onto the show, someone who you think might be able to benefit you more and also the rest of our community, please let me know. You can email me. I'm at andrew at sitnshow.com or feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn. Just drop me a message so I know how you found me and we can connect. And really, it's our community that will make the show. If we keep engaging and driving each other on, we'll keep on building our strength in the numbers. When all is said and done, if we can do the numbers better and finance better, we'll create more opportunities for ourselves, our friends, our families, our communities and our businesses. So until next time, have a good rest of the week. Take care and let's keep building our strength in the numbers. 